0: Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's the tax man. He may not be a superhero, but Tony Morrow has saved many retirement plans with his extreme knowledge of tax planning strategies.
1: It's time for Plan with the Tax Man. Hey everybody, welcome into the podcast. It's time to plan with the tax man with Tony Morrow and myself and it's pop quiz time. Can you get an A? on our retirement planning quiz. Now don't panic, it's it's only five questions and it's multiple choice. Uh, we want you want you guys to play along with us, have some fun with this, uh, and see how well you do. Tony, what's going on, my friend? How are you?
0: I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. Did you like pop quizzes in school? No, I didn't like them, especially if I didn't know about them, obviously, which I think yeah. everybody you know is like that. You, know, you don't want to be put on the spot.
1: You know, it's a pretty universal answer. So far, I haven't found one person that said, I love pop quizzes. Yeah, I know (laughs) it. It seems to be a universal. And I can never hear pop quiz anymore without hearing Dennis Hopper uh, in the movie Speed um, back in the 90s going pop quiz hotshot. I can never hear. That's all I can think of now whenever I hear the term pop quiz. But I've got, like I said, I've got five questions for you here, Tony. They're multiple choice. What we should do is you give the best answer from the selection and then just kind of just give give us a quick work through as to why that might be. Uh, Or if you completely disagree, then give us an answer for that, too. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's jump right in. Yeah. Number one, at what age, Tony, should people start saving for retirement? A, when they begin working. B, after they buy their first home. Or C, once they've paid off all their debt.
0: Well, and so I'm going to, as the uh, normal account would preface all this by saying, this is uh, my opinions. So some of you may disagree <laughs> with this, but I will, I will uh, explain the other ones as well. And then we'll, you know, obviously people can uh, form their own opinions, but I believe it should be when you start working, because I don't think it's ever too early to start saving. I think it's going to give you the best roadmap uh, to, you know, meet your goals or, yeah. or uh, you know, the, the best chance for success. You know, come retirement. Now that's hard to do in theory because when we're young, you know, we don't, we're not thinking about retirement. Not making we're not, as much. You know, you know, you we're not know, making any money. Yeah. And yeah, so that's hard to do. Get disciplined with that. But if you can do that, even if it's just you know fifty bucks a month, and then you know start growing it from there, I think that's the makes best a route. huge,
1: huge. Yeah, it is the best route, and it makes a huge difference. B, you know, after you buy your first home, not the worst. Like, no. right, you know, especially if you're younger and you get your first home in your late 20s, maybe early 30s, something like that. Of course, now we could put the spin on it right now, Tony, that it's prices are so high. Uh, yeah. the, the, the housing prices are boom it's still boom is still going on. Uh, and now loan rates are going up. So it's, it could be challenging for young people.
0: It, I think it's really challenging. My son who's 26. You know, he's he's going through that right now. You know, they're just getting married. Uh, they want to buy their first home. And then all of a sudden things start to tighten up. I think if you go with with my answer, you know, if you start disciplining yourself young before mm-hmm. you get all this, uh, you know, you're learning to live without the money already. Yeah, and you won't miss a, it, a, right? Yeah, and you won't miss it. And then you've got to factor that in. You know, I would say maybe the second best would be after you buy your first home, but it's going to be harder you sure. know, to to start that discipline yep. after that. And of course, usually that comes a little later and Again, it cuts down on your time to save. It does,
1: and, and when you paid off all your debts, look, when is that? Right? When does that right. happen? Like that's a never-ending, that's a never-ending excuse that we could all make. Well, once I get the, well, once I get that, you know, right? It's always something. So
0: exactly, yeah. And I, I think there, you know, even if you follow the, you know, the Dave Ramsey strategy, which I think is a great strategy, is to, you know, look, live without any debt. It's hard to get there, and you know that that could take you till you're forty, 45 before it, yep. you get to that point. Yep. And by that time. Well, if you waited that long to start, you're really at a disadvantage just due to time. And
1: it's possible. It's still possible, right? We talk all the time about, you you know, advisors all across the country don't start seeing people until they're, you know, maybe in their 50s. But a lot of times they've been saving in some form or fashion, but they haven't gotten serious about how it all works uh, until after 50. But, yeah, not even starting at all. And I'm actually, you know, I'll throw myself under the bus. I'm one of those that barely started at all until after 40. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, it's definitely a bigger hill to climb, you know, and now that I do this for a living, it's certainly been eye opening as to the, to the things I missed out on. So I've taught my daughter the opposite way, right? Yes. So, all right. So good stuff on number one there. Number two, Tony, on our pop quiz, which of these is the best estimate of how much income you might need in retirement? A, 50% of your income, current income, B, 85% of your current income, C, 100% of your current income, or D, none of the above.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, in my opinion, I would say I'm leaning towards B, 85% of your income. You know, that's a lot kind, of the, that's would,
1: kind of the standard answer, right? That's kind of the, yeah. we hear that a lot.
0: Again, you you could do it in retirement on 50% of your income. Again, everybody's different. It depends on what what your plan is.
1: But do you really want to cut your lifestyle down? yeah
0: but Yeah. Do you, you want to cut it down to 50% plus, you know, some things are going to be a lot higher, some will be lower, mm-hmm. uh, health insurance being one higher, you know? And so I think, you know, the, the 85% for us, at least when we plan, that's what we try to shoot for because that's going to, you know, we kind of feel that like that's a sweet spot of, okay, you know, you're, you're going to be able to live and enjoy some things in your retirement and still not have to uh, worry. About you know not only paying your bills but outliving your money.
1: Now that's that's kind of a, a tried and true number. But do you think Tony maybe playing devil's advocate here uh, in the modern era of the last e- even decade? Not even considering the inflation we're dealing with now. But you know early on would well okay is that an average across a whole retirement? Because it would seem like early on in those quote unquote go go years you may need a hundred percent or more. Right. You know it, it,
0: well, exactly. If your plan calls for, say, a lot of travel or maybe a lot of charitable giving, uh, whatever that you know the case may be, maybe just buying things you've always wanted, right? But most people associate it with the younger part of retirement, you know, with traveling, doing the things right, you want right. before the body so starts kind running. of
1: higher then, and then maybe a little yeah. lower as we move through.
0: Yeah, and then you know it dwindles down to the eighty, eighty five, and then okay. You, know, okay, you get up into your eighties, nineties if if you can make that far. I mean. You're not doing all those things anymore. 50% might make a lot of sense at that point.
1: Okay. So maybe a sliding scale, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Uh, But fundamentally, 85 is the number that people tend to kind of start from a planning standpoint anyway. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Number three, which of these do you find that retirees fear the most? This one's probably going to be pretty easy. Uh, Mm -hmm. A, not leaving enough money to the kids, B, running out of that money, or C, needing some sort of nursing home care.
0: Yeah, this is an easy one. Hopefully, everybody's, you know, that's listening is going to pick B running out of money because that's mm. all I hear, you know, from retirees. But followed by second, uh, needing nursing home care. Of course, if you have enough money, then you can take care
1: of all three of those things.
0: Yeah, you really could. Most people don't. When I talk about uh, leaving money for the kids, a lot of people tell me, you know, now that you know they're on their own or Uh, they'll be fine. We're getting that way
1: more and more. Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily an unhealthy viewpoint. Hey, if there's Mm -hmm. something left over Tony, once I've lived the way I want to and taken care of uh, myself and my spouse, cool. They can have what's left kind of thing. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not yet. It's it's that type of thing, but you know, retirees, you know, are are always concerned about running out of money Uh, they're all uh, living longer for the most part. Sure. And um, they know that, you know, they've got a limited income now that they're not working and, that's always a concern. You know, I mean, uh, we go through it right now. I mean, my retirees uh, as clients right now, they're definitely noticing the uptick in prices on everything. Oh, heck yeah. And, um, you know, they're they're feeling it a little bit.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't matter really kind of what lens you want to look at inflation through. You know, I mean, it's still there. It's still affecting us. So we still got to kind of deal with it. Um, and so, running out of money, just you know, that's even somebody who, with a good plan, that has been working with an, an advisor such as yourself for years. You're gonna have if you've got ten people that all have just great plans that they love them, they they've been very happy with them. Even during times like these, though, one out of ten calling and saying, "Hey, I'm nervous," or two out of ten is the plan still good? That doesn't make, there's nothing wrong, right? It's just simply no. saying, Hey, the nerves are getting to them. And I think some of that's the beauty of having a professional like yourself, Tony is because they can call up and go, Tony, is, is the plan that we've been enjoying? Is it still good? Are we still okay? Right, it's still good. Yeah. yeah. And, and you if, can tweet if, if it, and you run some numbers and let's check, right?
0: Yeah. You got you know, you gotta run some numbers and you know, if I mean, most of our retirees portfolios are so heavily income oriented uh, you know, the prices of their portfolios don't fluctuate all that much, but they do in, in these types of times. Right. Because these are so, obviously extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, you know, many are calling this, you know, now the, you know, a bear market. And, uh, you know, they always, you know, you turn on the news every day and they're talking about how long it'll last and this and that. And then like, yep. I have to, sh- I have to mute it because I can't take it. But right. Um, and you've got the
1: inflation and you get the terms yeah. like hyperinflation and, you know, yeah, it's, it, and it's a lot. I mean, 9.1 percent, the last numbers that came out. Yeah. So it's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So, well, speaking of that, speaking of the plan or speaking of, um, the investment side of things, question number four, which of these examples best represents a diversified retirement plan? Tony, the traditional mix of 60, 40, uh, uh 60, 40 split, excuse me, uh, 60% stocks, 40% bonds. That's a B three rental homes along with a diff- uh, significant amount of cash. So basically having some rental income and a good emergency fund in the bank. Or C, ten to twelve different kinds of mutual funds, or D, none of the above.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'm calling this a trick question. I'm going to explain all three because, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I, I think that there's you spotted there's some, it. Huh? Uh, yeah, some goods and bads and all of it. I mean, the traditional just blanket response, for, if you ask most advisors, probably going to be A, yeah, so sixty forty. It, you know, 60, 40 But you know, if you break it down a little bit, you know, yeah. that could be a little deceiving. Exactly. Because, well, forty percent right, bonds
1: right now is bonds are kooky.
0: Yeah, right? they're, so. they're they're very. Very much. I don't know if I would be that heavily weighted in bonds right right now. Right. You know, it's, it depends on where you're at and of course in the, in the spectrum and uh, your tolerance, you know, for risk and all that. So I I think that's without really knowing, but that, that's the easy answer there. Mm -hmm. Um, B with rental homes, I've owned them for years and and, uh, along with, you know, other things as well. I think that, you know, the, the flaw in that is one, a significant amount of cash in the bank's not going to earn you anything. Right. Uh, rental homes are a good for capital appreciation over the long haul however you know that you got to work them you got to collect rents you got to put you got to keep them up and cash flow wise they're not tremendous along the way they might be at the end if you sell them you know and, and have some nice gains but i think that would be a part and then see 10 to 12 mutual funds again, if they were diversified along many sectors i'd say yeah that that's pretty good if they were all in in tech companies they they often aren't different.
1: though right tony they're yeah. they're often in large cap and you know yeah they're, i mean
0: yeah. they're 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 all over the place that might be an answer my my answer would be i think over time you need to work with your advisor and and do uh, a little of all of it maybe, uh, maybe not the rentals if you're not right. you know uh, Entrepreneurial, right? But if you are that, that's not a bad diversifier. Yeah, you
1: kind of put them all together, and that, and that could be a more diversified. So it's probably D none of the above because yeah. there's better ways to go than all three of these.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I think so. Okay, you know, but at least it gives people a little bit of uh, insight on on just some of that. Yeah, blanket and we stuff. do hear
1: and we do hear that because it is easy to go. Well, you know, I mean, how many times have we seen people come in? Uh, you know, and, hey, I've got ten mutual funds. I bought them from you know five different companies you know five different you know brokerage houses or whatever uh, and they're you know I'm super diversified and okay mm-hmm. let's dive in and it's like no you got you know you've got 10 mutual funds you got eight versions of microsoft for example yes. you know or whatever the case might be and that of course that kind of kind of goes back to the 60 40 it kind of gets a little skewed there as well so that's the standard number we hear but it's just really not always the fit anymore so i'd say d none of the above is a good good choice on that one and that's why you got to get a customized strategy. That's why you got to work with somebody. Hey, you, you know, again, you can do lots of rules of thumb, Tony, but in this next one is going to point this out. But at the end of the day, you know, your specific strategy is probably going to differ a little bit from general rules of thumb. It's a sliding scale, gets you started, but not really probably where you want to stick to this point. Question yes. number five, final one To make sure you do not run out of money in retirement, Tony, only withdraw blank percent from your portfolio each year, A, 1%. B, 4%, C, 6%, or D, just find a different strategy altogether.
0: Yeah, and this is going to pertain really to, uh, well, I would think everybody, but any, any retirees for sure, because they're always asking this as well. And of course, the general rule of thumb, most advisors are going to right. give you without really, you know, dwell, dwelling in is B, 4%. Yep.
1: Uh,
0: you know, that, that could be a sustainable amount for most people, depending on what you're invested in. But I think 1% is... is you know, I mean it's, <laughs> it seems crazy,
1: it's like right? Why, I mean yeah, like, why why do it? Right. Yeah, if you got a million bucks, if we use that as a number uh, and you say, Yeah, I can pull up one percent per year, uh, okay, that's ten thousand dollars. Can you live on ten thousand dollars? Maybe if you had a pension. If right? you have a pension, you know, pulling from really ret- all you wanted. Yeah. Right, pulling from your retirement accounts, but probably not. And that's where the four kind of but Tony, we've heard so much that it's really not even four anymore. It's like two point nine or three point one or something like
0: that. Yeah. And again, it depends on uh, the person, what they have, and what they're willing to do with the money. But these days, you still can get if you're willing to have some of of your portfolio in retirement in higher dividend yielding stocks. It's not uncommon where you, I, I, I we do it, you know, to get four, four and a half, even five percent, mm-hmm. um, you know, over the long. I mean, the dividend, the yield is going to be there. The prices are going to fluctuate along the way. That's what you have to learn to live with. But uh, they, they don't fluctuate all that much. But yeah. in bear markets, your your portfolio is going to be down. But right. again, you've got a million, two million dollars, and and you know if your portfolio is down eight percent, you're still getting your five percent yield. Um, especially over the last 10 years where it's run up so much, it really, you know, it's.
1: And that's, you know, that's kind can, of a misnomer though, right? Because we, people are seeing that now it was the yeah. last couple of years we got a little it's spoiled easy. and we go, Hey, I'm making eight or 9% or 10 or 12 or whatever, you know, year over year for three years in a row. We think, Hey, that's like, we're going to keep that forever. So new,
0: no. <laughs> no, you know, it, it's, it's an average and, you got to be willing to to look at that mm-hmm. but I, th- this would go back to the same thing you're just talking about is you really need to work with your advisor to come up with uh that strategy that's going to be yep. you know pertinent to you and and your situation cuz that's well- real personal.
1: Yeah. And pension and social security, there's other factors that can dictate how much you're pulling from said retirement accounts to live on, to make up the difference. Right? Right. So exactly. it's all part of that strategy that go together. So how'd you do folks um, with our little pop quiz? You know, obviously it was designed to just kind of say that there's there's rules of thumb out there, these types of things that we all hear, and it may or may not be the right fit. Oftentimes it's not, it's kind of gets you started but you want to really dive in specifically to what you need to do with your specific situation and lifestyle needs because what Tony might need where he's at is different than what I need where I'm at and so on Mm -hmm. and so forth. So plan with the tax man. That's how you get it done. You get on Tony's calendar. If you're not already working with him and the team at Tax Doctor Inc, just uh, stop by the website find them at yourplanningpros.com. That's yourplanningpros.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, all that good stuff. You can find it all there at the website. Tony's been helping families for 20 plus years, get two and three retirement. So reach out to them at tax doctor Inc online again at your dot Thanks for playing the game, my friend. I appreciate your time as always.
0: All right. Sounds good. We'll talk to you next time.
1: Yeah. We'll see you next time here on the podcast. This has been Playing with the tax man with Tony
0: Morrow. Securities offered through Avantax Investment Services, SM. Member FINRA SIPC. Investment Advisory Services offered through Avantax Advisory Services. Insurance Services offered through an Avantax-affiliated insurance agency.